Thanks for tuning in to Bitcoin Made Simple. I am interviewing this week Phil Gibson. Um, if you guys don't know who Phil is, then you obviously don't listen to the show often because uh, Phil is part of the Bitcoin Made Simple podcast network. But uh, he wrote a piece uh, detailing the SBF, Sam Bankman Freed, uh, debacle with FTX and that whole exchange going down and um, what he believes is the driver behind that. So um, it was a very good piece uh, and I shared it out and I know a lot of people have read it already. Um, but then last week, whenever Phil and I were doing news made simple and we were talking about, we were talking about like FTX and everything, but we try to keep that show to a condensed, you know, topics, hit the bullet points, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I was like, we're going to have to expand on this and discuss this more in depth. And then he wrote that article and I was like, well, there you go. Here's the interview that we are going to do. So um, with all that being said, before we get into it, I want to thank the Bitbox O2 hardware wallet from Shift Crypto. Go to shiftcrypto.ch slash Bitcoin Made Simple. And uh, as you're about to find out in this episode, you should get your coins off of the exchanges. Um, I mean, as we speak, we were just record like right before I hit record, I saw that all of Gemini's uh, services have gone down and this contagion is real and if you think oh well i'm on coinbase or i'm somewhere else and i'm gonna be fine no you're not get your bitcoin into a hardware wallet and get out i mean that's the only way to protect yourself in this situation because all of these companies were evidently exposed to ftx um and we uh, in this article or in this discussion about the article we'll get into why maybe that was happening um so, yeah, if you want to get one, uh, I strongly recommend that you get not just because they're a sponsor, but because it's a very easy hardware wallet, the Bitbox O2 hardware wallet. It's like the size of a thumb drive. It has a touch screen on it, makes it very simple and easy that even a Neanderthal like myself can do it. And uh, and it makes it really easy and addictive, actually. So I, I said it before, I buy Bitcoin and just sometimes I buy it just to add it to my cold storage uh, stash. So. Anyways, that being said, uh, oh, and Upstream Data, go to upstreamdata.ca, check out their black box. It will make your mining nice and quiet and peaceful. And also Movies Plus, uh, you've probably heard me, seen me tweeting about it. Go to mymoviesplus.com and check out Q Sent Me. That's our first original series. Um, it is getting censored heavily, uh, our Twitter account. My personal Twitter account, too, can no longer advertise, have been banned from advertising because uh, a link leading to this documentary just telling a story. It's a documentary. It's not an activist piece. Uh, so, yeah, um, that's interesting. You should probably check that out. Go there and use the promo code Corey, C-O-R-Y. You'll get yourself one year of Movies Plus for $2 a month. So I strongly recommend you do that uh, right now. Let's dig into it. Phil, thank you for coming on and thank you for joining a show on the network that you're a part of. Thanks for having me, Corey. And Glad to uh, break into this. Uh, but first of all, are you telling me that Twitter is not a free speech platform anymore, even though Elon Musk is the CEO? What's that about? Apparently not. Um, apparently, it is no longer a free speech platform. Uh, either that or he has some rogue employees floating around still trying to cause trouble. Um, that being said, uh, we wow, that's the third time I've said that being said in this whole intro. We've been recording for like three minutes. I've said that being said three times. If I say that again, I will punch myself in the face as hard as possible during this yeah. podcast. Well, too bad we're not live streaming this on Movies Plus so all the people can see. I know, I know. Is it too uh, late? Yeah, it's too late to do that. And I, I wanted that we're trying to work out some kinks for uh, the live stream because we have another fun fact for anyone. This is plugging movies plus again. Can't say the names yet, but we have some really big names in the streaming world that are going to be streaming on movies plus live streaming. And then all their stuff will be cataloged there. And um, and, you know, I've we said this early on. Um, this is the get Phil off out of Fiat uh, drive 
not only are you supporting a company like Movies Plus where we are supporting free speech, not only are you supporting me so that I can put food on my table, but uh, somebody like Phil who wants to get out of fiat and work. No, you can pay me fiat. Just make me not poor. Yeah. Well, no, I mean like get off a fiat, like get out of a fiat company, like a company that's fiat only because movies plus has a Bitcoin. Huh? We're still a fiat company. Like let's, let's say it as it is. We we pay the bills in fiat. Well, yeah, but like, but we have a Bitcoin element to our core. We have a Bitcoin belief. Um, so get Phil out of the fiat world and into a Bitcoin focused company. Um, and, uh, we're getting, uh, dangerously close to that happening. Um, if people keep yeah, signing up, like crazy. We might don't miss out already. everyone sign up. Don't miss out. The FOMO is real. Everyone's watching it. Um, and, uh, feel free to share it. Uh, let us know what you think. But anyways, yeah. uh, anyway, so What's the title of your article again? So people can Google so the, it exactly. So, yeah. And I'm sure you can put it into the show notes. But the Twitter thread is basically called a thread on who really crashed FTX and why. And the article is called the rise of Sam Bankman. No, the rise and fall of Sam Bankman Freed. And this is from my Substack called QPOL, Q-P-O-L, which stands for a quiet parse out loud. And this is an edition of the Sum Report. And the Sum Report is essentially my weekly recap of what happens in geopolitics and macro. And I dedicated last week's Sum Report or last Sunday's just solely to this story because I believe this is the biggest story of the year, if not decade, just because of all the ties that are uh, all the people that are involved. I mean, we have Sam Bankman Fried, who leads the second largest crypto exchange except not anymore because they're basically going chapter 11 bankruptcy and it's just giant money laundering operation for the globalists and the powers that be that are using offshore dollar created money to overthrow governments and steal elections and just fund all of this illegal chicanery and uh war criminality so that's why i think it is the biggest story of the decade and there should be a documentary made about this i think you know a company that could do that no Mm. we'll have to find one yeah but Um. wherever you want to take this i mean this is a very vast uh article i think the main key takeaway points are in the twitter thread itself because in the article that i wrote i put in some background of who sam is but there have been other stories about that already and my focus is just a quick not so much uh, on sam but it, uh, j- just like a quick um you know uh due diligence on my part this is not financial advice and this is just my speculation of what is going on and there's no hard evidence but i just think it's kind of logical that we can draw conclusions on what really happened who's involved and why that is what the premise of this was. And like the subtitle was the saga of FTX and the war for global monetary control. And it, I cover who was involved and what were their motivations, who benefits from what and who suffers and what does this mean for society at large and why should anyone care? So now that we have those disclaimers out of the way, let's just start with an icebreaker. The icebreaker is this was done by Team Fed to crash FTX and the offshore money creation and laundering by the global economies out of Davos and to crash them as a take that for soon our elections. And we're going to prevent world war two from happening, uh, world war three from happening because the offshore dollar markets and now you, them utilizing crypto, crypto dollars, stable coins. That is the source of Davos's power, global communist, old European oligarch money and their financial system of fractional reserve banking that we have now been subject to because our monetary policy uh, up until this year, because we're on SOFR now, so live war, as I've talked about on News Made Simple, we have divorced ourselves from that global monetary chicanery of that order. But the offshore dollar markets is the source of Davos's power. And basically, Team Fed, head by Jerome Powell, who's raising rates, basically stood up and said, nope. Uh, you stole our elections, and we had to get down to the root of this issue, which is your ability to create offshore dollars. And so we're just going to tank the second largest uh, crypto exchange in the world, 
And we're going to work with CZ of Binance, who is the number one largest crypto exchange in the world. And CZ had a lot of holdings of FTT, which was a stablecoin token created by FTX. And usually they all get in on the, these shitcoin guys get in on, yeah, the I'm going to pump up everything. your bags. Yeah, the pre-mine. And I'm going to profit off this and have the sucker retailers just uh you know get poor and cz just didn't want that and he basically said no i'm gonna crash this for you and that was kind of the whole domino effect but i I believe that he took orders from the ccp because i i think people have to be naive to assume that a chinese national running the largest crypto dollar exchange in the globe is not under Chinese or CCP influence by any means. And I also think that because you have China, which is part of BRICS, and uh, Team Fed, who is against the European Union and is raising rates to try to bankrupt Europe, I believe just like with Russia, there is a tacit coordination to take out Europe and Davos. There is a tacit coordination that that played here with um, with Team Fed and China. So I'm just going to pull from the article, as I said, and I'm like repeating myself and being a dead horse, but there's a tacit coordination with the U.S. banks in Russia to take out the EU. So let's cover some quick, you know, data points, not really data points, but bullet points. The Fed's starving them of dollars by raising rates in the reverse repo facility and just the Fed funds rate, making U.S. denominated debt more expensive. And the balance sheet of the European Union is dog shit and just trash. And so... uh you have that and you also have russia on the other end starving them of energy because they basically control energy and have marginal cost to produce energy and also they're also literally starving them of food because russia pulled out of the un grain deal so ergo pal and putin are coordinating to bankrupt and starve davos ergo now vis-a-vis accordingly yeah, yeah. yeah and you, now you're probably too young to know that joke it was yeah. from like the MTV Music Awards with like oh, a really? Matrix tie-in. Anyways. That was funny. And now just add China into the mix. Because again, as I said, it wouldn't shock anyone if CZ has certain ties to China as a Chinese national. And so destroying Davos money is in China's best interest because they and the rest of BRICS don't want World War III with the EU. We already saw yesterday a false flag of a missile attack which actually came from ukrainian artillery and you even had the state department in the u.s come out and say yeah this that that's exactly what this is like these globalists are this power hungry and this crazy and psychopathic to get what they want and to pull the united states into another war for them to fight on their behalf because everybody knows that america has been the muscle and the uh, military arm to fight the West wars for them. And nobody wants World War Three. And World War Three is the only way that you force the Fed to pivot because they're not going to pivot. And if you are able to drag the United States into this war, then they're going to be forced to de- deficit spend. And so... So that's... Uh, so, first of all, they, they being like the European oligarchs and everything they are, they want, they, they, they're basically behind the eight ball because the U S can starve them of dollars and bankrupt them. And so what they're trying to do to retain that power is force in your opinion, a war that involves the united states so that then the fed has to pivot and stop starving them of their dollars yeah um when you look at it through that lens it makes a lot of things start to make sense um follow the money and oh i mean the other thing too like you said i wanted to touch on you said where the fed says like we're sick of you stealing our elections um like it's not necessarily saying that the Fed is like on one side of the political spectrum or the other. Oh no, they, this is this is purely a political battle. 
they just uh, Jerome Powell is eighth generation Virginia aristocracy. That lineage funded the American Revolution against the British Crown. And well, I mean, I mean he's the, not like a right, he's not a Republican or a Democrat. No, I've... he is a registered Republican. Oh, he is. Yes. Okay, so he and all the Fed chairs before him, Janet Yellen, Ben Bernanke. I believe they were Democrats, but regardless, they pushed for my globalist interests just with the near uh, zero interest rate policy and the, the bailouts. It's just, it's not in the interest of the United States and they wanted to divorce themselves from the global monetary order of indexing everyone's debt to LIBOR, which again is an arbitrarily dictated, you know, bankers in the city of London decide what this rate's going to be. So they basically create like, a LIBOR scandal by making it lower or higher or whatever. Uh, and starting in uh, this year, 2022, America is on SOFR, which is an interest rate that is basically market-based, not free market-based really, but it's just whatever the banks, uh, it's like an aggregate of the rate that they charge each other. And that is determined or that is domestically based. And so like you have an American centric, like free market ish interest rate that we are now indexing all of our debt to in America. So your credit card, your mortgage, all that crap. And so now we basically don't have globalists dictating in London the ball and chain rate that we have to be stuck to anymore. Okay. And so it we also uh, <laughs> people have been trying to do this since uh, I think Obama. And that administration basically slapped that on the wrist and saying, we're not doing SOFR because, I mean, Obama's Davos and all these people didn't have the interest of the United States. And so now you have Powell, who uh, ha has been trying to like slow roll this ever since that like, he got in and started raising rates in 2018. But you had that little like snafu and, and, and sneeze in, in the markets because we weren't able to... Um, basically slow roll so for re-indexing all american debt uh fast enough but now now we have and okay. so that is like the main distinction of the fed is basically saying hey we're not going to be the buyer of only resort anymore and we're going to be america's bank instead of the world's bank okay so the fed and and like we said the fed is basically they're not going to stop raising rates anytime soon um and they're going to keep going in that direction strictly to basically become sovereign uh, or to increase our sovereignty and our the dollar dominance and everything like that. So now looking at it through that lens, what happened? Uh, just with... quick correction, not dollar dominance, because the dollar dominance and the, you know, Triffin's Dilemma that has hurt America economically. Mm. And Powell has come out and said that there's more room for one reserve currency in the world. So this whole dollar hegemony thing is basically going to be a thing of the past. We're okay. just focused on making America independent monetarily and having like, if you will, an America first approach to our economy. And there wasn't a red wave that we saw last week, obviously. And I think that Jerome Powell is kind of our only help and having somebody that is actively doing things in an America first approach to not try and destroy the country that we love. Huh? It's generation Virginia aristocracy. Like what more can you say about that? Like I'm in Tom Longo's Slack channel and you have all these people doing their own independent research. And someone did like a, like a genealogy of Powell and like that's where he comes from. So the politics of these characters. I don't know what the fuck my roommate's doing. So sorry if anyone heard that. Um, the politics and the nuance of who these characters are and what their incentives are really does matter. Mm. And this is why I just get so fed up when you're in these macro spaces of all these hedge fund running dudes and just straight to the numbers, like showing the data, whatever. Like it's more nuance, like the politics matters and you can't separate politics from the economics. So I just want to emphasize how important that part is.
so now looking at the FTX situation through that lens, that certainly raises some eyebrows and makes a couple of things look a little fishy. Yeah. So sin scam bankman fraud <laughs> was, as everyone probably knows by now, was the second largest donor to the Democratic Party, second to George Soros. And if people go look in the article, uh, Dave, Dave Callum, just the the beast goat this man is. Uh, someday he found he'll get a, Bitcoin. Someday he'll get it. Yeah, whatever. Um, but he he found this little uh, info graph where you have uh, Sam Bankman-Fried's picture in the left corner. To the right is the Democratic Party. Below the Democratic Party is Biden. And then to the left of Biden, understand Sam is Ukraine. So this is kind of like how the U.S. tax dollars have been at work here. So Sam Bankman-Fried would donate to the Democratic Party and the super PACs, I think, $40 billion? No, not billion. Million dollars? Was it million? Well, wouldn't billion? it? But yeah, but it would. So let's say... I think he donated forty million, but wouldn't like because we're me, talking about basically what you're saying is money washing. So, so they start uh, with uh, the tax uh, dollars going to the Ukraine. Yeah, well, I mean, I started in the left corner. Okay, so, okay. So you have Sam donating millions to the Democratic Party that backs Biden, and then Biden takes that money and sends that to Ukraine for military and humanitarian aid, which is really just funding. I mean, paying the salary of Zelensky and probably. Well, no, uh, laundering and and funneling money for you know child sex trafficking or fucking like whatever they do. I don't and then that... that money and then that money goes back to FTX. Well, isn't, isn't that? that... I thought it was the other way around. I thought the U.S. tax dollars going over to Ukraine, Ukraine investing that money into FTX. I did. It's a circle. Okay, but you went. But you said that he was. Ta- I started he... with Sam. Sam was taking the forty million, donating it, and then that forty million was going working its to way Biden, through. Biden, and then to from Biden to Ukraine, Ukraine back to FTX. Hmm. Yeah, and there was also another middleman. I forget what the exchange was, but was also part of this. And remember when some Bitcoin centric uh, magazine outfits were putting out articles of "Hey, donate to uh, Ukraine, send them Bitcoin." So. The you know poor people that are being bombed by Russia can uh you know survive and buy food. That's where Do the map. So you get a massive aid package that goes to Ukraine and obviously buys military equipment and things like that enriches some folks very little of it actually goes to helping the people um and then they go hey we have to put our money into ftx to put it in there and oh hey by the way thanks for hooking it up democratic party for setting this whole thing up we'll kick you 40 million dollars in donations yeah and this you believe is all being run by davos and yeah in the... I mean, you can just look at who. Like, let, let's back up. So, uh, I mean, Sam and uh, his uh, CEO, a lady friend who looks like Harry Potter. Uh, she has ties to. Let me see here. So the Alameda CEO, Alameda is a firm that ran FTX. This is a. Uh, uh, her name is Caroline. Her dad, Glenn Ellison, is the department head of economics at MIT. And then prior to getting appointed to the SEC, Gary Gensler was a professor for the practice of global economics and management at MIT. And Gary Gensler is Davos to the T. He's not a friend of Bitcoin. And then if you just go deeper into Sam's family, and everyone can find these tweets I pulled on the article. But... uh. Let me see here. It's funny. Just every time I hear like Gensler's name, and obviously he's not a friend of Bitcoin, it just reminds me of our our, our old friend uh, Log Scale. Is that yeah. what you guys? Is that yep. what you said? Yeah. I mean, he was so convinced that Gen. Like, how many tweet threads did he put out of how he believed Gensler was gonna like yeah. adopt Bitcoin or something? And it was like, 
Yeah, it was a moron. No, dude, it's not gonna happen. Um. Anyway, if you look into his uh, F uh, SBS's family, um, Biden administration had very close ties to his family. If you look at uh, his mom, uh, Barbara Freed, in uh, April. 2019, Joe Biden announced his presidential campaign, and then 13 days later, um, uh, Sam, son of Barbara Freed, who's the co-founder and political fundraising organization, uh, Mind the Gap and Get Out the Voice, uh, the, the vote organizations, including the Center for Voter Information, launches FTX, the crypto exchange. And then the exchange is an overnight success that enables Sam to become the second biggest donor to the Biden campaign. So I'm just reading like verbatim what this uh, another infograph uh, basically portrays. But um, yeah, it, it just really make, makes you think about all this stuff. And again, another point or connection that you can make to Davos is that Sam's ideology stems from utilitarianism and this thing called effective altruism. By the or way, eat. when everybody was putting it out there, I was just totally reading it initially as effective autism. <laughs> I was, I don't could be, but anyway, so effective altruism. Yeah. So uh, basically, these EAers is called EA. They believe that in order EA to achieve sports, maybe sorry, yeah, ADD, enable to achieve the maximum good for society. They just have to make as much money as possible by taking the largest risks. And then once they make all that money, they donate it back to charity for the greater good of humanity in the world. So they and think this is... they can be the, the Bill Gates. Like, I just need to get the Bill Gates level, be one of the richest no, people exactly. in the world, and then I can take care of everyone. Exactly. And Bill Gates' Davos goes to the World Economic Forum. And there are similar like studies and, and just ideologies and thought leaders that come up with similar ideas to this that Klaus Schwab and um, others at that helm have influ- been uh, have just gone gained their influence from. Uh, like I, I wish I could like name them off the top of my head, but like these European scholars write like twenty thousand page books of these ideas, but it's all about it's really just Malthusian and trying to sell that idea in the most humanitarian way possible but at the end of the day it's an elitist class that wants a feudal society and wants to depopulate the world because if you have so many people on the planet then that's going to call for efficient energy innovations where you can just have your generator in your backyard but if you have that then you no longer reliance and dependence on the elite class so, I mean, hence why it's probably going to get taken off like YouTube or wherever the hell it goes. But that's why you have to have things like COVID and the jab and all the these ways of just depopulating people. <laughs> why does it, what is like, so like you touched on it a little bit, but like, what is their, why do they want to depopulate the planet? Because like, it's not. They want to depopulate it because if you have too many people, again, they you use too much energy and, and the resources. Yeah, and but so, and it, but like they're not really concerned with whether or not like oh we're gonna starve the planet like they don't really believe that they just they don't want people to have their sovereign like their sovereignty where they can just well yeah but that sovereignty calls for sovereign solutions which is things like having your own nuclear generator in your backyard and if you have that then you're no longer dependent on the state where they come in with all this re- regulatory red tape. And they basically have a monopoly on those energy resources. Hmm. And so to to get around that, they just have to get rid of as many people as possible. Like there's this idea of the golden one billion where there's only a billion people on the planet and the million and there's a million elites ruling over the golden billion. Like it's just Malthusian. Yep. Um Oh, God. I mean... I... But that's why you have Team Fed that is standing up against this and saying, no, 
But are they really the good guys, though, or they just want to have their own control over the United States? Sure, it's probably the latter, but I think, like, this is going to sound naive, people are going to disagree with me, but I think Powell's a good guy. Again, eighth generation Virginian aristocracy. And you don't, so what Team Fed, and I will break this up again, like what I mean by that, Team Fed is the commercial banks and the 12 regional banks of the Federal Reserve, and they they want to preserve the creation of private capital, which is dependent on the commercial banks. So bank gives out loan and the deposits of their customers, that creates a loan. And they're basically the middlemen in charge of the creation of a private capital through loans. I knew, I know it just did like a circular, like rhetorical mm-hmm. thing. But if you go along with what Davos wants and issuing a retail level CBDC, meaning you get paid from the Federal Reserve into your pocket from like this digital Panopticon app that has is basically like WeChat, then you don't need the commercial banks. And so do you think the largest lobbying firm in America is going to bend over? Do you think Jamie Dimon is going to bend over to Klaus Schwab and say, yeah, man, I don't want to have this, uh, this, uh, <laughs> the sweet gig of, you know, banks Being in charge of the money. Yeah. Do you think they're going to bend over to that? Do you think mm-hmm. they will forfeit their control? And I, I made a tweet about this yesterday. Let me go to it real quick. But the banks will not forfeit their control of private capital. They just won't. And Daniel D. Martina Booth actually saw that. Like I, I wrote this response to her in a, a tweet that she made, and like she retweeted it. So uh, let me find this real quick, and you can just like riff while I'm being autistic on my timeline here. Hmm. Maybe we can go to a commercial break and, and share. Uh, how yeah, awesome I can. The well, too is if you guys are paying attention at all, you got to get rid of. You can't get rid of, no, don't get rid of your coins, but get them off the exchange um, because it's just a matter of time. And it's funny because like I took people's advice and I was like, yeah, they're going to like, I need to get my coins off the exchange. So I started doing it. But the first time I did it, I was like really nervous about it. And I felt like I was like jumping through a bunch of hoops and I was going to screw everything up and send my Bitcoin to the bottom of the ocean. Um, and then thankfully, so it was like, I did it and then I didn't touch it again. Thankfully though, um, when Bitbox reached out to be a sponsor and I got my hands on one of those, I was like, Oh, this is pretty sweet. Um, and this is actually really easy to use. So, uh, like I said, if you, if you're hearing this (laughs) and you don't have coins on, if you have your coins on an exchange, just go buy one. It's like it'll use the promo code Bitcoin Made Simple. It'll take five percent off. I think it'll be like ninety-five bucks for the hardware wallet. Um, it's the least you could do to secure your wealth. Um, because I, you know, back then, even before, whenever I started putting stuff on cold storage, I was like, "There's no way that everybody was." There were the right people, the people that I've been listening to. Um, and the people that have been right this whole time I was like there's no way that bitcoin is gonna ever gonna get uh you know a bank run on an exchange they would never fractionally reserve your bitcoin out they would never put it in places like i never thought that would happen and i was like i mean worst case scenario coinbase will still be solvent um gemini should be fine well ftx was the beginning um then blockfi and I don't know any updates other than right before we started recording, Dylan LeClaire posted and said that all of Gemini's services were down. Sue, um, do you, as a good, honest, working Bitcoin pleb, believe that Brian Armstrong, a.k.a. the enemy of Bitcoin at Coinbase, has full reserves in that Bitcoin that you see in your on your exchange uh, balance? Do you believe that that's actually there? Um, my suggestion is to take it off and put it in your Bitbox O2 hardware wallet. So this is really uh, like bad time, like 
this is not good times for for people in the industry and everything like that but holy cow is this a great time to have a hardware wallet as a sponsor because um i don't know what else to tell you guys uh and i like i'm really glad and this is before we get back into your thoughts there phil um like early on i remember i interviewed i don't know like some guy that was like second or like just below um zach at BlockFi, and you know afterwards it's like hey if you guys ever want to you know uh sponsor the podcast let me know blah 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 and back then i didn't know shit so i would have they would have come to me i would have been like okay great and i would have been telling all my followers like everybody that listens to the podcast i've been like yeah, buy buy put your bitcoin on there and use the yield blah 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 i couldn't have been more wrong um and so that's why uh like i used to do the twitter spaces all the time and that's why i just shut up now and i'm just listening uh because i'm being very careful with my words um and as you'll see a lot of the bitcoin influencers are kind of having to eat their words or try and defend themselves um with things like BlockFi and ftx uh what i have basically adopted in my mind is that the only sponsors that we take in this started i actually i think it started whenever i got the first sponsor coin beast back in the day that was like vetted their company and like set it around sent it around to like maxis that i knew and trusted and they all were like gave the thumbs up um you know same thing with with bitbox uh and and then obviously upstream data you know they're they're obviously solid bitcoiners too so going forward you know like if we take a take a sponsor on like and it's bitcoin related you better damn well believe that we will have vetted the crap out of it and it will only be for a service that we really fundamentally believe in because the yield thing like at BlockFi, like i just didn't think i was like this doesn't make sense like I wanted to believe it because I was like, oh, how great would that be? You put it in there and then, you know, you get paid on your loans. It's like, but it doesn't add up. This doesn't really work, I don't think, in the long run. So anyways, um, you know, I'm learning as a Bitcoiner not to be so impulsive and and believing that everyone has their, you know, good intentions. Um, and uh, yeah, if you want to be a Bitcoin, if you want to be a sponsor of the Bitcoin Made Simple podcast, we're basically going to have to interview you at this point. We'll take it. We'll listen to you. We'll we'll take a we'll take a look, but uh, you know, it's uh it's gonna be a heavy lift to get on this show. Anyways, all that being said, get yourself a Bitbox O2 hardware wallet, and Phil, take it away. So, uh, I second everything uh, Corey just said. Obviously, so going back to what uh, D Martina Booth retweeted me. Uh, just if you, I can't be any more clear, this is what she retweeted in mind. Understand that there will be no retail CBDC in the United States of America, and the commercial banks won't forfeit their creation and preservation of private capital and the monetary transmission mechanism. And to me, that's just common sense. And she quote tweeted that saying the working ass assumption, like ASS hyphen umption <laughs> that big banks in the country will just roll over and play dead is astounding it's as if an entire generation up and skipped out on banking 101 banking 101 depends on a network of banks and you're proposing if you're in davos that the banks are just going to up and just fold and close shop that's not going to happen and the american built on the creation of private capital like that and just like local banks and shareholders of those banks. And that's where I think you mostly see the innovation in your local community and like cities and roads and establishments and businesses. That's how that shit gets made. I don't think it's so much as taxes. I mean, fuck, our taxes are going to Ukraine. (laughs) No, I mean, we're running a deficit constantly. And I, you know, think about how sweet of a gig that is. Like, you're a bank, so it used to be the fractional reserve. You had to just have 10%. But let, so let's go back to that. Right now, it's 0%. Um, but let's go back in the day. 
All right. So say you're going to buy, say you want to buy a house for $300,000. The bank says to you, you have to put 20% down. So you have to put 60 grand down. But because of that $60,000 that you put into the bank, your money that you put in, they get to lend out $600,000 of magic fake money that came out of thin air. And then you have to pay it back in real dollars or they'll come and take your real house. So they created these dollars out of thin air based on your deposit. And because of that, they now own you in your house. So Well, yeah, that's true. But you can have responsible lending practices. And if you have a responsible monetary policy where interest rates aren't near zero, then you won't have moral hazard where you have. Oh, I know. I agree. There's a way. But I'm saying like, that I, the- I just I know this is a Bitcoin Maxi podcast. I get it. And I probably sound like a douche even saying like Bitcoin Maxi because, you know, we hate Ethereum people calling us that. Mm-hmm. But you can have responsible baking just like full stop, hands down. There really is nothing wrong with like, yes, I would love to be on a sound money standard where we have deflationary money and you can save money and you'll just have like investments with that money and have equity and all this stuff i think that uh uh you know bitcoin tina even presents that'd be amazing but we're not there and that's really not reality until everybody's on a bitcoin standard like uh uh medium of exchange store value and unit of account but we're not there and we're gonna have to have fiat fractional reserve banking but we can have responsible banking standards and that is how we're preserving American capitalism as we know it. And if we have sound monetary policy or sounder monetary policy, where you have an interest rate that is dictated by the market activity of banks and not by some globalist cabal in, at the city of London, and there's no creation of offshore dollars out of the Fed's jurisdiction coming in and flooding and distorting our American markets, then you can probably have a responsible banking industry where people don't just yolo and you know take out a bunch of debt that they won't be able to pay back you won't have the more hazard because you won't have no, I agree. fed I, off the rails i agree i'm just saying i was saying that more to the point of like if you had that sweet gig as the bank of being able to make fake money out of thin air and then own assets why would you give that up? Yeah. You're never going to like, that's the most, that's the most powerful thing in the world. People think, you know, the president or, you know, politician is the most powerful person in the world. Like no way. Yeah. The people that yeah. control these banks are. Yeah. That's why the commercial banking sector is the largest um, lobbying firm in the world. It's not the military industrial complex. It's not big pharma. Like who do you think controls that money? So the banks. Yeah. Um, and why do you think why why would you think that BlackRock is as big and scary as they are if interest rates are going up and their access to the Fed window through the CARES Act, thanks to the globalist run Congress, if interest rates keep going up and they don't get that free money from the Fed anymore? Because who controls the purse strings? Or who who reacts the to House the of irresponsible? Well, no, no. Well, who who reacts to the irresponsible purse? stringing uh actions of congress and who can tighten and who can starve them of dollars that's the fed Fed. so okay so um so you believe then that this was all an attempt to create a regular regulatory moat cast a net around all the bitcoin so that eventually they could the the davos clan could be like hey it's like we have your we have your bitcoin if you want <laughs> your your bitcoin off the exchange you must come kiss my ring 
And then I kind of like how you're going with like a Dracula kind of sound because I want to suck your blood and I want to suck the, they, the wealth and resources the from the middle out of class. Your life. Yes. I want to suck the life force out of you. Um, so, so you that's what you were thinking is that's what FTX's plan was like, not FTX's plan, but that's what FTX was being used for, and that like. So here's the thing. It's used like, for money laundering a fiat, but they also created a stable coin. And stable coins are again printed willy-nilly out of nothing, despite whatever like uh you know, treasuries, short-term treasury durate short durated duration treasuries that they have as their reserve. It's not really one to one. Like, really, are you gonna believe that each like stable coin one dollar is pegged like one to one of whatever assets they have? No. So again, the offshore dollar market. I will rewind is basically Reader, base Reader. zero reserves in foreign banks are used fractional reserve levered up to create dollars. And that's beyond the control of the fed. Now it was in the control of commercial banks that gave those reserves to these offshore banks in exchange for crappy worthless euro debt and in 2019 the banks basically said no we're not going to do this anymore and then when you have pal raise the reverse repo rate which basically signals everybody that has base zero like reserves to leverage up and create offshore dollars they're incentivized to take those reserves and park those at an account at the fed to gain more interest because there's more interest anywhere than anywhere else so you're basically like losing money by not taking those reserves and putting them at the fed and so the same principle has to apply to stable coins and the, the best way to do that is to destroy the stable coin market ftt and this was a coordinated thing that um that cz probably did by the way a few months back there is a paper or a, i think coindesk wrote an article about this but cz I believe started to delist USDC. Now we might think like Circle USDC might be on Team Fed and the commercial banks, but it, it's it's not. As far as I understand, uh, BlackRock is one of the main owners of USDC, like the US like Circle stablecoin, and it's just really interesting to think about. CZ creating like his own BNB stablecoin, which actually provides utility, unlike FTT, the stablecoin of FTX and Bitcoin Freed, and him to just put in more innovation and work on his own stablecoin that provides utility for the platform, delisting USDC, and also crashing FTT by direction of the CCP and also probably the Fed, just because, you know, the whatever influence that they have over ft uh over uh markets in general and what you know clandestine partnerships it might have with the ccp this is all just in the interest of everybody that's not the eu and davos because you again you have BRICS and team fed coordinating to destroy offshore dollars because the offshore dollars is what is giving davos their power so pal's already taking care of the fiat dollars and all this fiat um, offshore dollars are indexed to LIBOR. He's away from LIBOR, and all the liquidity is leaving LIBOR into SOFR. So this is just another mechanism how we are starving Davos of whatever monetary control that they have. And so crashing FTX and crashing FTT token is just another way of crashing the offshore dollar creation of stable coins. So, you know, digital ODM, offshore dollar market. And it's just also really interesting to factor in that CZ is, in a way, doing the same thing by delisting USDC and trying to destroy the market cap of that. Now, the big question is how do we go after Tether? Because Tether is, again, an offshore dollar market stablecoin. And I think that might be the last and final thing to blow up. I don't know how it's going to happen, though. And there have been audits of uh, Tether, and you know they're probably like fraud and, and bullshit. But uh, I don't you know, really know. As we see with with FTX, audits don't mean shit. Well, they, yeah, but they the, just the, uh, they flat out lied to their audits. Well, auditors. yeah, but the the tether is like the most dominant stablecoin, I believe, in mm -hmm. existence, and it was created for like capital flight out of China because of all their capital controls that they have. So, I don't really know how heavy 
or uh, like it sounds like that they're still having influence. And plus, like Tether is partnered with uh, Bifinex and uh, uh, well, duh, Bifinex. Tether came out of Bifinex, but Bifinex is in partnership with um, Blockstream and BitRefill, and really prevalent in the Bitcoin space too. And so there were probably going to be some very uh, influential people in the Bitcoin space that will champion in a way these digital offshore dollars which are stable coins aka i.e being tether before champion Mm -hmm. these things irresponsibly we've never seen that the bitcoin space is not not rife with people who champion things that are nefarious well, people don't understand. I'm kidding. That yeah, I know. These are. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me just. Well, let me get into that too, because people that are champion like Tether and stuff in like the crypto space, they believe the same thing that Jeff Snyder believed in that these offshore dollars were a free market mechanism against the big mean Fed. No, they were a result of of globalist money creation in spite of monetary policy at the fed and it was just another like globalist like stranglehold of this is how we're going to control our money system and the same thing is applied to stable coins because pal is drying up the offshore dollar markets in like the fiat realm they are looking to stable coins as their new offshore dollar solution and hot talks about this too and i firmly believe just as pal is taking out the offshore dollar markets he has to do the same thing with stable coins like, I can't hammer that home enough. And that's why I fully believe that this was a coordinated attack with CZ and China, you know, like the Chinese government and Team Fed to basically bankrupt Davos even more so by taking out FTX on the day of the midterm elections. They use their offshore dollar market money to steal her elections and overthrow governments. And that is just setting the world into ruins and they, they've had enough of it. So yep. it to me, it just can't be any clearer. Like you can't, again, this is speculation. I could be dead ass wrong and time will only tell, but you have to step back and look at the people that are involved in what their incentives off. really are. You have to take all your... the money. You got to take your hopium glasses off because, yeah, you follow the money. It's all right there. Like, let's put it this way. So you've really started pushing this in and getting behind it. Um, but like, you know, Hoddle Magoo, which everybody, if you don't follow him on Twitter, you should follow Hoddle Magoo just for the entertainment. Um, but but uh, the dude is like bang on with so many things. And so last year, last fall, about this time last year, whenever Bitcoin was at all time highs and everybody thought, here we go, it's going to pump through the roof. Um, Hoddle Magoo was saying, no, it's not going to happen, not going to happen. And I really wanted him to be wrong. Really wanted him to be wrong. Um, And then probably one of the best things, one of, the, one of the best interviews, like most beneficial for me as a person that I've done was him and I, um, I did an interview with him. If you guys haven't checked that episode out, go check it. It came out back in like March, maybe, uh, maybe April. Um, but, uh, you know, I, he has a great backstory of how he got into Bitcoin so early and using college computers to mine and all that kind of stuff. But, um, but then I said to him, I said, how did you know? that it was going to crash and he was like he grew up around this stuff and everything he's like i've just you can smell it in the air that something along those lines he said you can smell it in the air that it was like the euphoria and everything and so that whole discussion honestly ever since then whenever i listen to people talk about bitcoin i can all i can hear if if it's in there, if it's in them, and there's a shred of hopium, and number go up, it being so necessary to them, that's all I can hear. Yeah, it becomes so obvious once you start looking at it that way, you know. And and the thing that sucked 
is I realized at that moment that I had a part of me that was doing that. And, you know, I was like, hey, you know, this thing goes 10x and my life's good and I'm set, blah, blah, blah. Good to go. And can't put your eggs in one basket. No. And and it's like you've got to, yeah, you, you know, get that. It'll it'll run and we know the value will go up and everything. But, you know, you have to provide value in order to ex- in exchange for a currency that then you could buy Bitcoin with. Um, so, you know, it's just ever since then. So like what I'm saying is you're saying some inconvenient truths to steal from our great humanitarian, um, filmmaker, Oscar winning Al Gore, uh, an inconvenient truth is what you are giving out. Hoddle Magoo is dealing a lot of inconvenient truths out to people where it's like, you know, like you think they're going to let this run away and like lose control? No. And do you think are they going to let the price run on Bitcoin? No. They're going to do everything in their power to hold it down. They can't forever, but that doesn't mean they can't do things like they just did where they got a exchange and tank the price. That that's a real thing. That stuff happens well, and it's going to happen. Um, so I just, I guess my advice to people is, you know, don't have the hopium, like, you know, focus on Bitcoin as your basically your savings technology, but don't ignore like the very real factors at play here, you know, because even, you know, you hear people talk about like the illiquid supply and everybody's on Twitter talking about how many Bitcoin have been taken off the exchanges and, blah 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 so it's like oh and there's gonna be no bitcoin on the exchanges and the price is gonna run through to the moon you know it's like no they're just gonna print more paper bitcoin to tell you that there's bitcoin on the exchanges they're gonna come up with something and also the transaction fees are like nothing so that bitcoin can go right back to the uh, out of cold storage and be sold like in a liquidity in a liquidity crunch if you absolutely needed to sell your bitcoin and you were with in the same building as your cold storage device, you could have it on an exchange and probably sold within an hour and a half. So, you know, it, it, it there's just so much noise out there. And so I'll just, I'll, I'll, I've highlighted Hoddle Magoo. I've highlighted Phil here with being the realist. Um, uh, Luke is very good with a lot of his stuff, but we will, I mean, Luke, I'll tell you too. You're a little, a little bit of uh, rose-colored glasses, I think, with where the price is going to go, or I don't know. I mean, but what, you know, well, let's have that conversation with Luke whenever we do the next news made simple um, with all three of us. But, um, but yeah, other people just to give an idea to people plebs that I, you know, take signal from and really like have like a level-headed view on things would be Gigi, uh, Preston Pish, Dylan Leclaire, um guy swan they daniel prince those are people that are very level-headed all into bitcoin and but also calling out what's going to happen because like dylan leclerc was calling all these things to crash and everybody was like crapping on him they were like no dude like it's you know (laughs) it's not gonna happen not gonna happen and he's like i'm just trying to tell you what I'm seeing and maybe you should get your coins off the exchange, you know? And it's like, <sighs> so anyways, um, so what happens out of this? What, what do you think happens next? Uh, well, we just wait and see uh, how fast the Fed can bankrupt Davos. And as far as like what happens to Sam, he's going to get off scot-free and McGee I mean, talks isn't about if that happens, then people are going to be outraged because of all the corruption and stuff. So they probably won't stand for that, maybe. Uh, or maybe... I. It's really hard to tell because... I mean, how many billions of dollars did he steal? Uh, well, he destroyed $16 billion of people's wealth as FTX crashed. But if he goes to jail, it would just hammer home all of the things that he's being convicted of and it would call the Davos trolls out on their shit. 
but if he gets off it it would uh i think it would just send people even more outraged uh, about them suing the election and i really don't know where this goes people are saying that you know someone's gonna try to kill him i think he has enough like protection where that won't happen i i really don't know what happens next people are speculating on what exchange is next maybe it's gemini from some of the news that we've recently heard but it's hard to tell at this point all i want to know is what kind of diet do you have to have to get the Sam Bankman freed body? Vegan, apparently. Because those are some boobies that he developed over like a two-year period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so really funny because, you know, he's vegan. And so people think vegan's like so healthy or whatever. I remember it's going to sound really mean. And I mean, I'm not like the picture of health. You know, I've got a dad bod, so uh, deal with it. But um. Uh, you know, I exercise and try to keep myself in somewhat of a shape. Uh, a shape. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and uh, but I'll never forget in high school, there's this one kid, I won't say his name, but he was like one of the fattest kids in our grade. Just like really big. And it's like, you know, just that's how he always was. And I'll never forget whenever somebody told me, I can picture the spot I was standing when they said, did you know that he's a vegetarian? And I was like, what? Because <laughs> like, there's this marketing myth around veganism and vegetarian, blah, blah, blah. That, that means you're really healthy. And I remember the person saying, well, like, you know, you can, I mean, vegans can't do this without using like, substitute products but he was like you can be a vegetarian and eat an entire tray of brownies and i was like ah you know so um yeah anyways get some red meat eat some red meat um i can see the i can see the i can see my dinner walking around outside um if i really wanted to i could go out and uh i could bag myself a deer have my neighbor and i clean it uh, the only challenging part would be dragging it uh, out of the woods because it's a little difficult. But um, yeah, do that. Get sovereign, people. Jeez, I don't know how many times I have to tell you this. But closing thoughts, Phil, if you have any. Uh, are there plug any? Your, plug your cue, Paul, so people know. Oh, yeah. So you can read this Substack and the rest of my uh, musings on uh, QPOL, QPOL stands for Quiet Parts Out Loud, QPOL.substack.com. I'm, I guess I shouldn't be shocked that of how well this thing did. I'm not going to drop like numbers, but um, feels famous. I mean, I just kind of hit a pulse because this is like one of the biggest stories of the decade. And I try to present a perspective that, and, and again, I said this before. I sit on the shoulder of giant, shoulders of giants, and much of this, I, these ideas come from Tom Luongo, and I am a Luongan from the Luongan School of Economics and Geopolitics. And I can't. I mean, it, it really sounds like I'm I'm humping this dude's leg, but like this guy turned my brain inside out, upside down, over a year ago. Like I've been a patron of his for a year, and it's been the biggest. Like I'm showing for his Patreon, but it's been the biggest change in my view of the world and like the greatest educational investment I've ever made for myself because it made me step back from my art in Bitcoin maximalism and kind of revisit libertarianism and, and foreign policy, but just kind of look deeper into the incentives of the actors at hand and, and just look at things more objectively and kind of, give me a better appreciation of like fiat legacy markets and even monetary metals like gold is even though we like to say gold's a shit coin it still plays a very vital role in geopolitics lindy is a thing five ten thousand years whatever it's a thing and it's still money bitcoin just happens to be a better money but there's room for both but um yeah, you can follow my musings and stuff, and eventually I will want to 
reamp my podcast under the Q poll moniker. So look out for that on the podcast network. Uh, I'm just waiting. I, I'll, 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 my guest that I want to be the inaugural guest of, I won't name drop yet, but we've had to to reschedule time after time. And uh, I just want to make it good. And I, I want to like work on the pulse of what I'm doing on, on, on Substack. And uh, I got some eyes on this article. Hopefully I can get some more eyes on other stuff that I put out and just have people kind of think the, the way I do and present a, a white pill perspective. Cause I put a tweet out this morning of this no fap November. Try taking a break from fear porn because I think that would be much harder to do than normal porn because this whole CBDC nonsense and we're going to war and stuff. People use Twitter to vent because they hate their lives as as frank and uh, too simplistic as that sounds. It's true. And it's true just statement. so easy for people to buy into the fear porn and propaganda which sells, don't get me wrong. But from the way I see the world and what I've learned from Tom, I think that there is a rational, logical way out of this. And it's not going to be easy. And it's probably going to get a lot shittier. But uh, like he says, cope, hope rhymes with cope. But just looking at things through you know, this lens that I've chosen... Again, based on actors' rational decisions and just logic, it, it just makes sense that there is a better way out of this. So that's the message that I try to present in the, in the things that I write about. Well, uh, thank you, Phil, for coming on. And everybody, I can't recommend Q Paul enough. It'll drop in your email. Oh, and if you don't know where to find me on Twitter, it's Mr. Sue, M-R-P-S-E-U, or just type in Phil Gibson on twitter and i'll probably be the first thing that comes up um and uh yeah check them out there and yeah you sign up for a sub stack it'll show up in your inbox every sunday and you just sit there and read it and either cry friday or... and sunday friday and, and maybe sunday. a uh, extra one during the week if uh, anything okay. comes up um so yeah uh well everybody make sure you get your coins off the exchange go get a bitbox o2 hardware wallet and do it as quick as possible uh, shift crypto.ch slash bitcoin made simple promo code bitcoin made simple get five percent off and get yourself protected from all this craziness so all right guys i appreciate all of you listening as always and i will catch you guys later peace